Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of 2023 of Light the Fight, and I cannot believe I'm saying 2023. If you're like me, you can remember back to when Y2K, we were all scared that the world was going to shut down in regards to like technology, electronics, uh, the internet was not going to work anymore, and then we got past that. But I remember looking back at 2020, or at 2000, the first uh, year of the new millennium, and thinking, wow, man, like, I wonder what 2010 is going to be like. I don't think I could have imagined 2023. That seemed to me like a, like some sort of sci-fi movie or something like that. Yet here we are, 2023. Many of us uh, in 2020 or 2000, uh, 2000, the new millennium, like myself, weren't even parents. I wasn't a parent back then. I can tell you thinking about having kids was not on my mind back then. Thinking about what I was going to do that day, what I was going to eat, if I was going to get good waves, because uh, you know I'm a surfer from California. Um, you know what party I was going to go to the you know New Year's Eve stuff like that. But kids parenting was not on my radar. In fact, I was where was I at? I was in graduate school. Yeah, I was studying to do all the stuff I've, I'm talking to you guys about. I was only in my career for about a year, year and a half. I think I was, I think at that time I was working at a psychiatric hospital and um, a group home, I believe. Yeah. Oh, no. A psychiatric hospital and a crisis treatment center for abused children and teenage girls by the name of Casa de Amparo in Oceanside, California. By far my favorite job working in that very tough industry of working with kids that had horrible situations, backgrounds, families. Uh, just the severely at-risk kids is what they call them. So that was my favorite job. So shout out to Costa Amparo out in Oceanside and all the great people that worked there with me that I learned so much from. So, man, a little trip down memory lane. Man, 23 years ago. So if, if you're like me and, and, you, and you can't believe it's 2023, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. There's something right now in 2023 that we're all aware of We've all gotten used to, and I think that we need to we need to fight back a little bit on this thing because this thing has made our lives so much easier, and I don't think it can be argued that too much of this is definitely not healthy for our kids, not healthy for our relationships. But 2020 and the pandemic made it something that we just kind of all submitted to. And when I say all of us, you may be listening to this and you say, well, not me, David, after I tell you what it is. And maybe not you, but most people confess to me that they've got lax on this and they forgot about all the scary research, about all the information. I know many of the people that my kids are friends with, um, the parents that I've talked to, they're always asking me like, man, like how do we get better at this? Yet when we're alone at home and we're tired and our kids are so used to this thing, it's hard to fight this because we just don't have a lot of the energy to fight this. So I want to start off the new year with a new episode talking about something that's been an old fight, especially for the past you know 10 years, more specifically in the past two or three years, 
and that is technology, more specific video games, phones, screen time. And I, I know there's been a lot that has um, been talked about in this past year about screen times. And I think that we've learned a lot since uh, the pandemic about how much screen time can be used as um, an asset and a tool to help us connect, to help our kids get um, their education, which all those things are great. And I also remember all the scary statistics before the pandemic that was warning and cautioning parents too much screen time, specifically for your developmental kids, like developmentally, um, I was going to say developmentally challenged, for our kids that are young in the early stages of development, too much screen time, and I could go off on the statistics, which I will not, does not help the development of their brain. It does not help the, the development. And when I'm referring to screen time, I'm talking about just playing video games. Now, I know the argument is there's a lot of cartoons and there's a lot of video games out there that um, can be helpful, that can teach your kids a lot. And those aren't the ones I'm talking about because those are usually the things that your kids don't obsess on for five, six, ten hours a day. I'm assuming that most people listening to this over the holidays were more relaxed um, and allowed your kids to have more screen time, play more video games. And, you know, for me and my family, <clears throat> this past uh, holidays, it's like I've been sick for, ever since October, I believe. But specifically over the holidays, my son had the flu, I had the flu. He got away with a lot more screen time than we'd normally let him have. And me and my wife, we definitely, you know, he doesn't have video games yet. He's eight years old. We don't have Xbox. We don't have PlayStation. Any games he plays is just on a cell phone or an iPad. We haven't gotten the the Switch and, and those different types of things yet. I'm not villainizing you parents that do have your kids at that age or have had your kids at that age on video games and devices because your kids beg for it. But what I am telling you is that you cannot give in to their begging. And just because they have those devices doesn't mean that allowing them to have those devices or easy access to those devices is the move. So let me use an analogy with drugs. With drugs and addiction, it's always talked about that one of the most difficult things to stop someone from using drugs, alcohol, whatever the addiction is, is going to be how easily those things are accessible to that person. So, for example, if a person has an addiction to alcohol and they have alcohol easily available in the house, that is going to make it difficult for them to stop drinking. If they live just, you know, walking distance down the street from their favorite bar and it's kind of like their own Cheers, you know, the, the TV show Cheers, and living that close to that bar is going to make it very difficult for them not to go down to that bar because it's a social thing. So alcohol is one of the more difficult ones because it's legal, it's easy to get, it's all around us. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm obviously still trying to recover from my sickness. And um, that's an example of if something's easily available, it is going to be difficult to stop the temptations and to pull back and to have, you know, um, you know the, the self-control so that we don't go to those things. Now think about how easily available video games are, a cell phone an iPad, those things are very, um, those things are extremely easy to get. Most people have those devices. So in those situations, how are we able to stop that? How are we able to slow that down without making it a punishment, without being able to, or without coming across um, like we're pissed off and angry, and without doing it when we're just frustrated and upset that our kids have been on it for so long and they've ignored us? 
most parents that have been paying attention to their kids, they see a direct correlation between if your kids have been on a screen for many, many hours throughout the day, it's difficult for them to focus, pay attention, and it's also very difficult for them to follow through on things that you want them to do. Now, in the new year, a lot of people are trying to, you know, do new things, whether it be exercise, eat healthier, um, you know, a laundry list of things that people are saying, hey, I'm going to do differently this year. Well, whether you follow through with those things or not, I always tell people, pick two or three things that are the most important and then build a specific plan to how to overcome those things or how to minimize those things, in, in this case with technology, and also share those things with your kids. So for example, if you want your kids, and if you don't want your kids to have less screen time, I'm telling you, you should. I don't care how old they are, if, if screens and technology is in their life, and you have a kid that does not know how to self-regulate, which I would assume are most of the people listening to this podcast. There are those few kids out there like, oh, my kid is a, an old soul. They're a hippie. They don't like to uh, be on any technology. They don't have social media. They don't play video games. Well, maybe I'm not talking to you, but I'm pretty sure the majority of people listening to this do have kids who do like technology and maybe are on the spectrum of addicted to technology, meaning that spectrum of maybe they have a mild addiction to maybe their addiction is pretty intense and severe and a lot of your fights and arguments are about that. The way you talk about this to your kids to start off the new year is to talk about it as if this is something that you need to achieve and you need to work on as well. Similar to like when you're trying to implement healthier eating habits inside the house. Most parents will sit the kids down and say, hey, I'm trying to eat healthier. I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to whatever it is. You know, maybe they have heart problems and and they're trying to change their diet. So then they tell the kids, hey, listen, so because of this, we all need to do this because it's going to benefit all of us. Well, kids may not like that. But guess what they'll do? They will follow through with it if that's what the parent does and if the parent follows through with it. So when I speak to you guys about decreasing the technology usage with your kids, it's going to have to start with you, moms, dads, and all you parents out there with your grandparents, what have you. I want you guys to look at your own screen time. I want you guys to be brutally honest with yourself about how difficult it is for you. I had a conversation in our in a recent podcast with uh, Jason Hewlett about um, getting your kids up in the morning and how difficult that is. Well, it's also difficult for parents to get up in the morning and then to also get their kids up in the morning. So I want you to start off with being able to have a conversation with your kids, not a lecture, a conversation, telling them that you confess that you need to work on some sort of um, decrease on technology and the ways that you see it affects them. After you state that and confess that, I don't want you to turn to your kids and try to get them to confess their issues with technology. Now, if they choose to bring that up and if that's something they agree with, well, then great. The reason why I don't want you to do that is because it's harder to get them to get this message if you then, you know, after you get done saying, hey, here's my confession. Now, don't you have a confession to make? That sounds like a trap. That seems like you're trying to get them to agree with you where they may not want to divulge that information or they may may not want to um, admit to that because past experience has probably told them if they if you get them to admit to something that they're guilty of, they struggle with, that you're going to use that information against them because most parents do that and it's a very common thing. Once it happens once or twice in their life, your kid's little brain says, okay, note to self, do not admit that anymore because that will be used against you and you don't want to be used, you don't want that information to be used against you because let's say you agree with your parents, but maybe later on you just want to veg out on your phone. You don't want to feed your parents' obsession about uh, technology is bad. 
So confess to your kids that you're struggling with this, some things that you need to work on, and that from now on, you're going to have a certain plan. Now, there are lots of technology plans out there. <clears throat> There's a, a woman on Instagram. You should follow her, Better Screen Time, and um, go check out that Instagram account. She has lots of great examples on how to be able to uh, monitor screen time, how to be able to watch screen time. I know a lot of people are familiar with the Gab phone. If a gap phone is something you've been considering, go check their phones out and how you could use that depending on the age of your kids. If your kids already have a, you know, if they got a brand new iPhone for Christmas, obviously this is not going to be uh, trying to use a gap phone for them, especially if they're an older teenager. That's probably not going to be an easy sale. That's more for the younger teenagers and uh, teenagers that are wanting a cell phone and a good bridge before they get an iPhone or, or, um, or the smart smartphones. So what I want you to do is I want you to go to them and I want you to tell them that this is what you're going to do and pick a couple things that you're going to do to make your screen time better. Then tell them that if you're monitoring them more and whatever plan you come up with, and you should be coming up with some sort of a plan, whatever plan you come up with, whatever ideas you come up with, that it's something that's not a punishment for them. It's something that you're just doing that just like feeding them healthy meals, even though they may not like healthy meals, eventually they'll get used to it. They'll deal with it. It's not going to be the end of the world. And it's not a punishment. It's just something that you're going to have to be more consistent on. I find the majority of time when kids have problems with cell phone use, technology use, it's kind of more on the parents than it is on the kid. The kid will beat the parents down. They will fight with the parents. They'll beg the parents. Or sometimes the kids don't have to beg that much. The parents are just like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. The phone is a better babysitter than I am. I, I don't really want to play games. I don't want to do those things. I want to veg out on my phone. Those of you who feel that way, and you don't have to confess this, but if you're listening to this and you feel that way, I get it. I don't judge you. I don't criticize you. I've heard this confession from many parents throughout my years of doing this, specifically throughout the more recent years when technology has become so easily accessible. But like I said, the more easily it is to access it, the more likely it is to become a dependency or possibly even an addiction. It starts with you, mom and dad. It starts with you, grandparents, aunties, uncles, whoever it is that's raising your kid, whoever it is that's raising kids, it starts with you. You have to be modeling this. And then you have to be consistent at it. So this is kind of my PSA to start off the new year. I do not um, usually talk about the things that are in favor, the hot topics that are the, tr or the trending topics that people talk about because sometimes I have to say hard things to my clients. Sometimes when I talk about topics like this, I don't mean to be scolding parents. I, I'm not trying to make them to feel like they're the villain, but we got to be real. There are kids. We are raising them. If they're struggling with these things, there might be a little bit of the reflection in the mirror saying that we struggle with these things too, or we struggle to follow through with the things that we need them to do. Just like eating healthy foods. If we don't buy the healthy foods, if we don't put the healthy foods in front of them, if we don't get them in habit of eating the healthy foods, then who's really the one giving the example? It's us. So if we're providing them with unhealthy things, such as video games, such as uh, screens, such as technology, which, by the way, I'm not saying they don't have good benefits to them. So anyone that's getting offended or you know protective right now, it's kind of making a little prickly. It's okay. I'm not saying that those things cannot be useful and helpful because most of us have them. And at the same time, 
they could be very unhealthy. We all know this to be true. So if we're the ones providing their technology and their nourishment on the, on the table and their technology in their lives, then we got to make sure that they don't, don't overconsume it, that they don't have such easy accessibility to it, and it's going to take a lot of work. If you're tired and you don't want to put in the work, I get it. But it's the beginning of the new year. What better time to start implementing a plan and follow through and modeling it yourself? Many of you just needed a little reminder to this. And if it's something that you don't like uh, me to say because you take offense to this, hey, it's not my intention. So if you take offense to this, maybe you're one of the people that struggles with it yourself. Hey, I take offense to a lot of things, especially that my wife says. And if I'm being honest with myself, there might be some truth to what she's saying. And if I take offense to it too much, I'm going to resist any information that she's saying. So I'm not trying to give this information in, in, in a way that's trying to trigger anyone or piss them off or make them upset. I'm just being real with you. We're all in this fight. Our kids want technology, and in some regards, they need technology. But just like anything else, too much of it, just like too much of, you know, I mean, you can take your kids McDonald's. You can have a good Happy Meal. You can, you know, have that type of uh, nourishment. But if you ate that every single day, we all know it's going to happen. And, you know, dissing on McDonald's because McDonald's does provide food for people, and it's not necessarily the healthiest food. Just like Xbox provides entertainment for people, and it's not necessarily healthy to have that entertainment all day long or for multiple hours. There's, there's, just, I, I, there's just no good argument to debate with when we have technology, we have to be very cautious and concerned that that technology does not take over our time, our attention, and simulate our brains so much that we can't even stare and look at a book because that's boring. Yeah, 3D, all the cool, you know, Oculus glasses, stuff like that. That's really cool. That's really amazing. And I know all these big tech companies are trying to tell you that that technology is going to be better than just reading a book. It's going to be better than all these other things. Well, I'd say... To every single one of those technology companies, it's coming from people who do not have good relationships. I can't imagine any of the biggest technology companies out there, the people that run these companies, because I'm not saying I know any of these top dogs, but I can't imagine them being really good at face-to-face, day-to-day communication and believing at the same time that technology will replace just sitting across from someone in a boardroom, sitting across from your kids and teaching them patiently, taking the time to build those relationships versus doing everything digitally and using technology. The fast way is not the long way. Sometimes slow equals faster in the future. A child's comprehension, being able to learn things. Yeah, maybe they, their brains are faster than our brains were when we were kids and they can speed things up and they can learn things at a faster clip. But can they sit down, just have a conversation? Can they be still around a dinner table? I don't think technology is helping our kids out with that. So thank you guys for trusting me that what I'm sharing is simply to help. I believe that in 2023, even though we're, you know, very far into the future, like I said earlier, almost like it's a sci-fi movie, like a date, like 2023, even though we're that far into the future, I think we need to hold on to some important things in the past, still 
quiet conversations, allowing our attention to have focus on things instead of being constantly stimulated. If you're tired of hearing your kids say this next statement, then you know what I'm talking about. I'm bored. Our ancestors weren't bored that often because bored, being bored was just a notification to go do something exciting, to go get involved with something. So if you're tired of hearing your kids saying they're bored when you do not give them technology, it's because their brains aren't used to being able to figure out things on their own, figure out things to entertain themselves. Go draw, go build something. The best thing I did throughout the break while my son was uh, sick was we got him, you know, um, well, we got him a couple, but Santa got most of them for him, some Legos. My son asked to play video games every single day. Asked to watch something, his favorite TV, like little cartoons, whatever. And I just say, no. And I say, go build one of your Legos. I don't feel like building Legos right now. I go, hey, I get it. But you can't watch anything else. He's bored. He's going back and forth. But because he's young, he'll finally go, okay. And he'll go build his Lego. Three days in a row, he woke up, bounced up out of bed, looked around. He's like, I got to go build my Legos. And ran to his Lego (coughs) building table and started working on them. All because me and my wife shut down the constant begging over and over and over and over and over again for him to play video games, for him to watch TV. And eventually, he found something that he really loved to do that's actually good for his mind. So that's my PSA announcement for you guys. Technology good, old school, slowing things down, building something, creating something, drawing something, having a conversation, being still for a little while, using our brains in a way to figure things out that we can do to improve our well-being. Because staring at video games, playing video games, staring at the screen, that does nothing to improve our survival. Building things, thinking about things, creating things, absolutely does. Well, until next time, guys, thank you as always. Look forward to a new 2023 year for you guys and for the podcast here. And thank you for helping us to light the fight. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 